Left Insider Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Chandick, Daggett Morse, and producer Mike Flank. Welcome to episode two of the NLF Insider Podcast. My name is Matt Chandick. I'm joined by my co-host, Daggett Morse. Great to be back. As well as our outstanding producer and one-of-a-kind, one-man media company, Mike Flanagan. What's going on, fellas? Good to be back. Great to be back. Love to love to have uh, both of you to uh, to talk shop. You know, we dropped the first podcast uh, two weeks ago with Connor Foley and Sean Morris as our guests. Um, got a lot of positive feedback from people. Really excited for this, and you know, I think we're going to continue to uh, to get this to, to be bigger and bigger. And as we continue to bring on some more awesome guests, we're really excited for it. But we'll jump right into um, some of the recruiting notes that you know since we last spoke. Um, I know we spoke extensively about Georgetown last time, but we're going to go back to the Hoyas to kick this off. Um, they land Ty Banks, our number one defenseman in the class, our number 12 overall prospect. Um, just a very uh, aggressive, mean uh, Canadian with a great stick uh, from the West Coast Stars and Western Reserve in Ohio. Dylan Sheridan building uh, a really good program out there. Um, you know, Daggett, what, do you, uh, what did you take away from Ty Banks when, when you got to see him? Yeah, I, I saw him from the sidelines. Um, I guess I would say I was lucky enough not to have to coach against that star squad uh, this past summer. But uh, l- like a lot of those guys in that model out there, big, rangy, you know, understands kind of schematically the team D. You know, he's not running around just trying to throw big slashes. So, you know, he covers up a lot. And, you know, props to Georgetown adding, you know, the number one defensive we got next to the number one goalie. I mean, building from the back forwards, you know, probably going to pay off for him here. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a really impressive uh, pickup, as you might imagine, with the best defenseman. Seems like everybody uh, was trying to land him. Um, don't see too many, you know, number one defensemen being Canadian guys. Um, but uh, you know, I know he had a great summer, also playing box, so he's got a, a great stick. And one of the things I really liked about him when I watched him play a sick game against Primetime at the NLF, I think it was like eight seven or nine eight something, just kind of back and forth the entire time. It was uh, you know, one play he just kind of popped one of Primetime's best guys, maybe a little late probably could have drawn a flag, but it was pretty early kind of set the tone and, you know, guys seem to, to know to avoid him after that. And then he, he actually ended up uh, sealing the game with a cause turnover. So, you know, he can do a little bit of everything and, and, you know, more so than just a, a one-time pickup for Georgetown, just kind of continuing to build some positive momentum um, as you know, with this great class that they've put together, you mentioned the best goalie Anderson Moore from thunder um, from Alabama. Uh, I know we touched on it last time, but uh He's a really impressive athlete. He's got a lot, a ton of upside. So I think uh, Coach Warren and the boys are, are building something special. Another impressive pickup too um, was was Virginia adding Eclipse midfielder Will Erdman, who's a recent transfer to Brunswick. Um, you know, Virginia hasn't landed a ton of guys in the early going, which is a little surprising, especially coming off you know two national championships. But it's Virginia, and you know, Coach Tiffany and. And his great staff will be sure to to land some some pretty impressive guys uh, throughout. I'm sure they'll they'll probably be on the prowl to flip a couple guys later on in the process. But something I'm I'm really interested in is like you know Urban's a really really fast kind of you know speedster brings a lot of uh, a lot of energy to the midfield. He'll pair really well with um you know Will's Burt from Haverford School. A lot of speed in that midfield. Uh, we've seen that a time or two before from UVA Daggett. I mean, what do you kind of take away from that? Yeah, you know UVA has been you know, in the weeds out there, we've kind of been waiting for one of them to kind of pop and because, you know, you know, it's not because they haven't done the work. They definitely know who they like. And I think the benefit of coming off, you know, those titles is they can 
be a little deliberate and take their time because you know the guy with the hardware knocks on your door i think that you know really really interests kids but uh like you said athletically fits in what they do i mean if you watched them play last year or the year before you know especially if you have you know a defensive line or anything like that you're you're thinking how, like, how the hell are they going to cover just these six athletes before you get even into like the offenses they run so he's, he definitely fits those mold where he could overpower you athletically before you even talk about you know his actual lacrosse skills which are you know great um so i think it's perfect for him i mean what a fit yeah great to see brunswick finally getting a decent player in the in the pipeline too little very rare. are going to be uh yeah very rare little upstarts are going to be you know trying to put something together hopefully it works out for them uh, one class I want to talk to a little bit about, you know, they've kind of uh, picked up some recruiting momentum in the past uh, week or so, maybe two weeks, is Lehigh. Um, Lehigh's, you know, picked up some some awesome dudes. They've got a lefty attackman from the Cherries, Hunter Polanke. Um, they got Brian Mullen from Avon Old Farms, our number 6423. And actually, shortly before we started recording tonight, uh, leading edge is Trevor Broton's, uh, an attackman from uh, North Hunter in, in New Jersey committed he had 40 assists as a sophomore um, pretty impressive numbers kind of a pass first guy he'll pair well with Polanke um, who's a who's an excellent lefty finisher and then Mullen you know just very uh, physically put together I think Avon's like smallest midi is like six to 200 pounds and it might be him so it's a little terrifying between him and Ben Johnson can't be a whole lot of fun to defend that um, you know guys your thoughts on uh, on any of the three commits we just talked about yeah you know Lehigh made a lot of noise you know, last spring, obviously, in the tournament, they're on TV a bunch of times, so it's not at all surprising to pick up, you know, a bunch of names that we know. Uh, Brian Mullen, you know, one of those guys we just mentioned is ranked. We had him at 64. And, um, you know, Trevor, great timing by him. You know, a couple hours for a record here, gets the commitment on the board, so he's top of our minds. Kind of that classic leading-edge distributor they have where, you know, that deliberate offensive style, they're going to force you to make a mistake. And he's going to hit the right guy by his ear to finish. Um, really annoying to play just because of that. And, you know, I think it's the, the perfect kind of fit for that program, like you said, to go with what they've already got. Yeah. And leading edge seems to, you know, send a, a guy or two or sometimes even three to Lehigh on an annual basis. So um, good for Chris Roy to make sure he got the quote out of the way. Keep Coach Cassis happy. You know, that's all that matters. And it's not too far of a commute from uh, from Jersey to Bethlehem. So good deal for all parties. So really impressive stuff from Lehigh. I'm excited to see how they continue to build on their class. Um, they've got some pretty good momentum. I know they, you know, uh, had to fend off some, some pretty, some fellow heavy hitters uh, for some of these prospects. So it's great to see them, uh, you know, kind of picking it up and they have, uh, they have Sisselberger back for like, I don't know, I think another half decade. So they'll probably just keep winning faceoffs and scoring a lot of goals for a while. So um, pretty yeah. impressive stuff. 10 year deal for him, I think. Yeah, I think so. He's a local kid too. So it might be a lifetime deal. Actually, he'll just be rolling out when he's 35, still taking faceoffs. You know, one, one class we didn't, one ACC class, we didn't touch, touch a lot on last time, but I uh, just kind of found interesting, you know, it seems like Duke obviously went heavy on the offense and maybe just kind of as, as a result of Duke landing so many offensive guys and so many high powered offensive guys going in the ACC, Notre Dame might have the best defensive class top to bottom and, in the whole country, um, you know, they've got three defensive guys who are all, you know, I think the shortest one might be 6'2 and 190, and that's Nate Schwitzenberg from uh, True, who's a 1% all-star. Um, really just kind of stood out all summer long. Really, really uh, impressive player. Covers well, runs well. You know, he's been on the – he's been a big name on the 23 circuit for a while. So he's an impressive one. And then, um, 
you know, they have our, our number 60 prospect Carter Williams from team 91 Charlotte plays for uh, former pro and former UNC all American Ryan Flanagan um, who absolutely loves him, you know, raves about him. Um, just, you know, he, he told me he thinks he might be able to play at six, five two twenty type of thing in college. Um, and then one guy we're going to be bringing on later is uh, Sean light also from leading edge. Um, he's a six, four, six, six, three, six, 490 pounder, our number 39 overall prospect at a Seton hall prep in New Jersey. Um, just very rangy. I mean, just covers so much ground. Um, you know, he's, he's put on some size. He's really going to continue to get bigger. And as he gets more physical and, um, you know, you're starting to see, he's getting a little bit meaner. He's got a really, you know, he's done some really good stuff with his stick. He had a, um, one highlight we posted a couple of weeks ago of just a ridiculously smooth can opener at, at uh, UMass. So, um, I was just, kind of, I just thought it was kind of interesting, you know, to see Notre Dame's class that they've got some other guys that we'll touch on in a little bit, but, um, what stands out to you, you know, to our defensive guru, Dagan? Well, yeah, you know, real shock, you know, of all, all those top schools that, you know, Notre Dame goes right into the brand, loads up on big rangy defensemen. Um, I think obviously we all know they've been kind of known for that, you know, since obviously before Jerry Byrne left. And then since they've been you know, very good as well. Um, shout out again, Ryan Flanagan. Fun fact, one of my first Twitter followers before I started my stupid coaching page that people inexplicably follow sometimes. Um, but yeah, so light, I think you're right. Six, five, 200 plus is probably what he's going to play at. He's got the, uh, got the frame for it. Obviously they're going to get him in that way room, pack the pounds on. And, you know, from what they do as a team, you know, he can handle all those decisions they force guys to make when you're, you're looking into, you know, two-way slots and things like that. So, you know, like you'd expect with a big rangy, you know, really talented guy, perfect fit, obviously great academic institution. So he's going to be a guy we're probably going to see on ESPNU for, you know, a few years here in a row. Yeah, you you guys have always had some monsters at Massachusetts pretty much every year. I mean, you know, how, how intimidating is it do you see on the other team's faces when you're when you're lining up and the D goes the defense goes 6-3 across the board. It's got to be pretty uh, pretty intimidating. Yeah, um I think it plays really well in like 8th grade where maybe just the D guys have grown at first. I think it <laughs> falls off a little bit. And but the way we've seen the game go is it's not it's not enough to just be a big dude anymore. No one stands on the crease, covers the crease attack, and, and then, you know, slide to collide. It's not 1996 um, with player safety and just how talented everyone is. So all these tall guys can run now, which is terrifying. And the first thing all these guys look for is how good your stick is. So, I mean, you highlighted the can opener, which is fantastic. Lana, we got to make sure we link that in the tweet or do something to make sure people can find that real easy. Um, because they can chase you down, out-muscle you, and then, you know, take the ball from you sometimes. These guys are looking down at their hands, wondering where the hell my stick go. And you got this six-foot-five monster running the other way to score. Um, it's exciting, but uh, I'm glad I'm not an attackman. And, uh, you know, touch a little bit more on Carter Williams. He's, you know, just so so rangy. I mean, I, I know he was a Showtime All-Star this summer, um, first-team All-State in North Carolina as a sophomore is pretty darn impressive. So coach Ryan Wellner, the defensive coordinator and the recruiting coordinator for the Irish got to be pretty happy. Um, speaking of the Irish touch a bit more on their class, um, you know, Brock Behrman, who is our number 12 player in the class of 22 um, has decided to do a PG year. So he's going to become a 23 for the Irish has not chosen his PG destination yet, but he's at Niskayuna um, in upstate New York. 
and plays for Team 91 Smash. So we missed a lot of the time this summer um, with a uh, injury. Um, adding that's adding a whole lot of offensive pop and ankles are not safe if you're a defender in the ACC right now. And uh, and then they're also going to be adding at the at the faceoff stripe. They got Andrew Greenspan, our number 38, 23, um, who is a pretty early commit to the Irish. You know, really good faceoff guy. Um, very technically sound, one of the, you know, more known commodities on the circuit. So, you know, overall kind of your thoughts on uh, Notre Dame's class other than those guys. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a win-win, you know, getting a guy, you know, in, in, in Berman who, you know, coming off the injury, the, the weird COVID year, if you're going to, if you're going to do a PG, why not do it, you know, to leverage into, you know, unbelievable academic and athletic institution. So that's a win for both sides. I mean, everyone's got to be excited about that. You, know, you end up at Notre Dame. It's definitely worth the extra year, and uh, yeah, you know they don't they don't just do defense over there anymore. You know it's not that that year they played Duke and they were going to try and beat you with five goals on the board. They're going to win faceoffs. They want guys who can sling the ball around. Again, another another guy from one of those Brunswick classes in Greenspan. You now lucky little underdog in Brunswick. You know that program turning out another stop. No surprise. Yeah, you know, he, he plays for prime time. He's been a known commodity for them. Played with the 22s, with the 23s. Um, you know, prime time seems to always have, you know, high-end guy at the position too, another plucky underdog, like you mentioned. Um, so very interesting to see with with Notre Dame. And they've uh, they've added a couple other guys too. So pretty exciting to see. Yeah, and just the way the, um, the schedule seemed to fall over the summer, didn't run into those 23 prime time guys. Um, so be excited to see him if we line up against them in the fall, you know, at, at NLF in November, um, to see him coach against them live rather than just as a spectator. Um, but what I've seen so far, obviously, can dominate the game like any great faceoff guy can. Absolutely, and he can handle the ball too. Um, you know, not just a Fogo who's, who's got to get off right away. He can stay on. He's he actually played a couple of events uh, last year. Actually, the first time he came to one percent, he he played as a midfielder, like making it a point to just you know. Uh, fine tune his his midfield skills, which is a, a really good thing to have, I think, in this day and age. Um, you know, especially you can't just be uh, a liability after you win. So it's great to win the clamp, great to get it in your stick, but you know, getting it out of your stick is important too. So um, Andrew Greenspan is probably as good as as anybody in the class at that. Um, and speaking of Brunswick, you know, one of the things that there there have been a couple of schools that have really pumped out a, a whole bunch of commits in this twenty three class. I mean, St. Anthony's on Long Island has has just been a factory. Um, and just, you know, speaking of Brunswick, uh, you know, I know we touched on them being a plucky underdog midfield alone, got commits from Leo Hoffman to Penn, Tomas Delgado to Duke, Will Erdman to UVA. And they got Andrew Donovan to Notre Dame, the younger brother of the 22 LSM who's awesome. Um, who's definitely going to be in the rankings mm-hmm. next time because he's fantastic. And he's just been, uh, really coming into his own. Um, and then, like we said, Greenspan is a face-off mini to Notre Dame. I mean, th- they've got some other guys, but it's just kind of ridiculous. It's not making a whole lot of sense to me. Can't be a good time to be a, an opponent on, on the Bruins' schedule next year. Yeah, Brunswick right now, they're just loading up the Division One ranks at the midfield. Um, you know, it's crazy what they're doing. They're like the 2017 Golden State Warriors with Curry, Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. There's just too many all-stars. Um, must, be, uh, must be tough. When, uh, you know, guys are calling for the ball every game, we'll have to ask Thomas Delgado whether or not uh, there's any tension between him and his teammates. I bet it doesn't suck playing with that much talent. You know, I, I wouldn't know from my careers, but uh, shout out my teammates. They'll love that. But it's probably a lot of fun. We'll be sure to ask him, Plano. But there's a good take there. Good talk radio. 
and we are very excited to be joined by the number seven prospect in the NLF 23 rankings, midfielder from Brunswick School and primetime, Tomas Delgado. Tomas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get started. Yeah, we're pumped. We're pumped to have you. Um, well, first thing we're curious about is, you know, you kind of got the, the Duke recruiting uh, tsunami going, basically. You were the first one to commit, and then every other five-star decided to commit to Duke, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, what was your process like? I mean, you know, obviously you had everybody in the country wanting you. I know you're very high academic, so you're looking at some of the best academic schools as well. How do you kind of take a list like that, the, you know, the schools that you had and, and pare it down and how'd you end up with Duke? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. Um, I got to give credit to my parents here. You know, I had two brothers who went through this college process, so they were a lot of help. I talked to my brothers, I talked to other guys that graduated from Brunswick and really came down to my parents were saying, I have to see everything so I can know what I would want. So I have to see a big school. If I like that, I can look at other big schools. Um, but what was really important to me was both the lacrosse team culture as well as the academic. Um, and so all the campuses were beautiful and all the coaches were awesome. So it was a great process. And I think I was looking at my phone on like September 2nd or 3rd and I was like, names that like I had seen guys on TV. I was like, are they really texting me right now? Um, so that was cool. And it's been a it's been a long time just thinking about the process and everything. So for it to finally come was exciting. Um, but yeah, I took all my visits. I saw everywhere. I kind of talked it through with my parents and at a certain point, it just kind of, I kind of knew. And I think what really separated Duke for me at least was their culture there and like what they've built within the team. The coaches have done an amazing job. I love the coaching staff and obviously the academics and what they've done as a team is wonderful, but what I thought was great was the brotherhood that they have within the team. Um, and I get a little bit of inside scoop with that just because my brother's there right now, but even watching practice or just hanging out with some of the guys at lunch, I could see how close they were, how they had each other's back and how it was something bigger than lacrosse. And it was, I wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than myself. And I thought that ultimately was what made me make my decision. And obviously it was, quite overwhelming at times. I mean, there's worse things to be overwhelmed with, but um, it was a really tough decision, but that I thought was a, a turning point for me. I thought that was really you, important. You touched on taking all of your visits, which after the 22 class, I mean, basically everyone got recruited off of Zoom and film only. And obviously, you know, with you is, is back to normal with the 23s. Now, not everybody's in the situation where, you know, every school is going to wait on, on them, like, you know, a, a guy like you, but how important was it for you to be able to take all of your visits and, and, you know, kind of to what your parents said, see everything, see what you like, see what you don't like. And, you know, with, with all those schools, something's going to have to separate them. So how important was that visit process for you? Yeah, that was, I mean, a bunch of people made fun of me because I was, I was, I was visiting a bunch of schools, but that was really important to me because I looked at a list of my top schools and I was like, how am I going to make a decision? And my parents are like, I need to get on campus. I need to see kind of what the team's like, how they function, how they work day to day. And I thought that honestly is what separated each school. And if the second one, one of my coaches told me, they said, the second you can say no to one thing, it crosses some schools out. And so as I went and I said, oh, I like this, these four schools do this really well. Let me look at them. And everywhere was different and unique in their own way. And every visit I went on, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm amazed. Um, but I, after the visit, I'd write some stuff down, pros, cons, talking out with my coaches, with my um, parents. And 
I honestly thought getting on campus was the most important thing because I talked to some of my friends in the 22 class. They're like, yeah, I haven't even met my coaches in person yet. And yeah, and, and um, I, like, I just thought like talking on the phone and meeting face to face is a very different experience. And honestly, that, that might've been one of the most important things in my process. I wanted to make sure I got down there and I, I didn't want it to me to make a decision and be like, wow, I wish, I had visited here. I wish I had talked to this coach. And I thought, and my parents stressed that as well. And I thought that was really important. And ultimately it led me being more um, confident with my decision. So, and I couldn't be more happy right now. So I'm really happy I did that. Tomas, you're one of four, four guys in our top 10 that's going to Duke. And, and like we touched on, you were the first one, but like, did you kind of realize right away that this, I mean, obviously it's Duke, but did you realize how special this class could possibly be? And yeah, so what I had, are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. So obviously in the summer circuit, I had um, made some of these friends, like Ben and I are super close and we were talking throughout the whole process. When I came down to my decision, I was talking to coach Cap and coach Nowski that I like, get on the phones right now. <laughs> so you can ask all those guys, like I was texting them every day. I was like, keep the blue devils in your mind, all this stuff. But um, when it came down to it, like I, I thought it was a super special place and I wanted them to be as happy as I was with the decision. And I texted them all. I said, I love Duke. I think it's the best place, but if it's not the place for you, that's fine. But I think it's the right place for you <laughs> in a sense. Um, but no, I, I just, I had some prior relationships with them and I thought, um, we could be, we could make a really special class. And I think once Ben committed, I, I was calling Mac and he FaceTimed me when he committed and we were freaking out and stuff. Um, and then uh, we have Cal and Patrick as well, who are great kids and great players. Patrick and I actually, uh, we went to camp together forever when we were younger. And like we would always talk about going to school together. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and that's exciting. But yeah, I mean, I just, I had some prior relationships with them and I thought, why not just try my best? Um, I was blowing up their phones and it worked out well. And I'm honestly, yeah, no, I mean, I like to think I do the dirty, dirty business with the coaches, but that's it. got a future in yeah. recruiting. <laughs> exactly. He's got no rules how many times you can text or call a guy. So it's perfect. Um, what do you kind of see as uh, you know, what, what do you kind of see as the upside for Duke in this class? Like, you know, how special can this class get? I'm sure they're going to get a couple more guys and, um, you know, that, you know, coupled with the, the great class they've had before you, I mean, kind of makes expectations pretty high. How do you kind of plan on deal with that? Obviously, the guys we have are super special, but I think what makes them even more special is how hard all of us want to work. The second all of us committed, we were like, OK, awesome. Like by the time we get to Duke, we're going to be 10 times better and we're going to start grinding. We're going to win the national championship. Um, and I think honestly, like what's going to make us great is we're we'll push each other um and obviously like we're all friendly and all that stuff but in a way it's competition and like i love those guys more than anything um but like we're already setting up times to like work together all this stuff and i think not only the talent but that work ethic and that in the sense that as i talked about before like with the brotherhood that i think the team provides we're trying to start that now so that by the time we get there we're just ready to hit the ground running 
Um, so I'm super excited for that. I think not only do we have the talent, but we have the work ethic to be great. Nice. So, um, you know, Coach Danielle on primetime obviously sends a lot of guys Duke's way. Um, how helpful were they kind of throughout this whole process and over the last couple of years getting you kind of to this point? Of course, yeah. Um, I have to give all the things in the world to them. Uh, that he was a great help to me and that organization in a whole coach Goldman has been my coach for the last four years and just them developing me as a player and like getting me ready for this process was amazing. I mean, uh, coach Daniela, I mean, I would call him after all my visits, all this stuff, keep him posted. And he'd be like, okay, here, that was great. Write some stuff down and get your mind ready for the next one. Like he said, take it step by step. Don't get overwhelmed there's not really a wrong choice in this decision. And, you know, he was kind of my safety line. We talked before um, September 1st, we talked a bunch about how I was gonna approach the process. We scheduled out when I think I can take visits and all this stuff. Um, so to answer your question, I he was one of the most helpful guys in the process. And then as an organization, primetime has just helped me grow as a player and I, I wouldn't be where I am today without them I started playing when I was in like fifth grade I think I started playing summer ball and just they taught me how to do everything so uh, it's been great and just the team as a whole is great so we get to play good competition which then coaches can watch and all this stuff and those guys in the team are some of my best friends in the world so that's it's always a lot of fun for sure, for sure. And uh, we talked to, you know, Coach Daniello, obviously, one of the things he mentioned kind of first about you was just the compete level and, you know, the toughness around the little plays. And how much of that can you attribute to, you know, being the youngest of three brothers and, you know, messing around in the backyard and all that good stuff? Yeah, no, I think I think I can attribute about all of it to that. Um, I mean, being the youngest kid, I, I always wanted to be my brothers and everything. Uh, it never really worked out. <laughs> I can say that, but just like either shooting hoops, playing lacrosse, or even if they just came in my room and started beating up on me, um, I just kind of had that underdog mentality and that chip on my shoulder to be like, okay, I'm I'm the small one here, but hey, I'm going to fight as hard as I can. And if I lose, I lose. But hey, if I win, they're not going to hear the end of it. <laughs> so I think, um, I, I think honestly, I can attribute that. And they they've been helped through everything, whether it be lacrosse, football, school. Um, they're kind of being like giving me advice because they've been through it all. Um, and just kind of teaching me how to work. Like they'll watch my games, they'll watch everything and be like, okay, at the next level, like this is what you have to do. Like this is what you have to do to better. better. Um, and I think what I like to say is I try and take the best from all of them. So I have three older brothers. Um, and so like, I don't know if one of them, like both in game and as like in personality. So they, I, I like to say they, they teach me different things and, and I think kind of made me the person I am today and I couldn't be more grateful for them. Awesome. So what do you think? Going to lobby Duke to get Michigan on the schedule, maybe get a W on the board? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I would, that would be a great game and just to get the three of us together would be awesome. You know, coming into the summer, um, you know, we had you as a top 10 player and it was pretty much well known that you were one of the best guys in the class. How do you kind of deal with that pressure and, you know, dealing with, 
knowing that you're going to get everybody's best look every single game and, you know, all the, all the cheap shots that go with it and all the chirping that go with it, you know, is that something you've kind of enjoyed? Is that something you kind of, you know, use to fuel your game a little bit? No, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I love that. I, I know that, or I hope that when I step on the field that everybody's going to give me all they got. And I take that as honestly a challenge because I, I, I'm not going to give them anything else. So I don't expect anything else back. Um, I just think it's good. Like if they know my name, that's great. It doesn't make a difference in how I play. Um, like every time I step on the field, I'm going to play the same way in every single aspect of the game. I'm going to try just as hard as I would say it be offense or the defensive side of the ball, or if the ball's on the ground, everything's just as important to me. Um, so like you said, everybody is giving their best and I, I honestly, I, I wouldn't want anything else. So. Yeah. First time I saw you play was last summer, I think at, at primetime's NAL event um, and coach Daniello had mentioned you obviously somebody to watch. And then you came to 1% and, with the whole place on fire. I believe Mr. Flano and I were standing next to each other, just basically cackling maniacally at, you know, how you're just dusting these guys. But the thing that kind of stands out to me is, you know, you, you know, obviously you score a lot of goals, but you take, you seem to take pride in a lot of things of being an actual midfielder and not just a guy who needs to come out of the box to score goals. I mean, how, how important has that been for you your whole life and just, you know, playing transition, playing like mean, aggressive defense and, you know, being a complete midfielder, how important has that been to you? Yeah. I mean, I got to, I got to give that thanks to my my dad. I mean, he's never picked up a lacrosse stick in his life, but he's watched a whole lot, so he knows what you're talking about. But um, I think that's honestly the most important part of the game because if I can do one thing great, that's awesome. But if I can do two things great, that's better. If I can do three, that's even better. If I can do everything, Math guy. That's, that's, that's what's going to make my game the best. And I think if – what attributes to a good game isn't if I score five goals or if I score three goals, it's did I play good defense? Did I play good team offense? And if those opportunities to score a goal or to run my points up don't come, I can still give to my team in other ways. And I think that's super important. If I can score a hundred goals a game, but I'm a liability on defense, that's like not really a help to my, my team. And I think, that's the most important part of the sport is helping your team and ultimately winning games. Um, and I think that's, that's what does it. And I, I think that's one of the most important parts of my game. And that's what I, I like to pride myself on. I mean, me and me and Leo will go back and forth. I'll play defense and I'm on me. So um, that's awesome. One more thing before we let you go, this has been already the most pro Brunswick podcast in lacrosse. So we'll take one more opportunity for this. I mean, we touched base on, on this earlier in the pod about how your entire midfield is going ACC, which is, or, and Leo's going to Penn, uh, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, how good is, can this team be? Obviously you guys were really good last year, but, you know, bringing back a lot of guys, a lot of the guys you play prime time with and, you know, uh, Henry Caponetti, hopefully will be able to, to be healthy this season, adding him to the lineup. I mean, how good can, can Brunswick be this spring? Um, honestly, I'm, I couldn't be more excited for a season. I think from every part of the field, we have it, we have it cleared. So we have great leadership, first of all, in the seniors. We have a core of guys who have played throughout their years. And um, Henry's looking great. He's looking healthy. So I'm hoping he comes back strong. Um, and our defense, we have three big dogs. I mean, honestly, 
I'm looking at the roster. I'm like, how can some of these guys not play? But honestly, besides the talent, it's it's just about us getting after it. And I, I like to think that we have one of the harder schedules. Um, so it's we can't go into the season thinking that we're going to win it all. We just got to face every game like it's the last one and just kind of battle it out. I think it's more about how much we put in than what we have because we can have all the talent in the world, but if we're not willing to work and if we think that we're the best, we're going to lose games. Um, but I think this team has unreal potential. And I know the guys, they work super hard. Some of my best friends in the world, and we have great leaders in the seniors, a great junior class, a strong sophomore core. And I'm super excited to see what we can do. And I think I think it could be something special. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tomas. By the way, I think I saw earlier tonight that you dropped some, some recent highlights. So if you want to check those out, uh, I mean, yeah, there's a lot going on in there. Let's just put it that way. But I'll link it thank in the you description. Very much. <laughs> yeah, please, thank you. Um, thanks so much to Tomas Delgado for joining us, and we look forward to to seeing you big things, do big things this uh, this fall for primetime, and then in the spring for uh, Brunswick. So thanks again. So thank you so much for having me. And we're back. Um, as we were touching base earlier on Notre Dame's outstanding defensive class, filled with you know six three monsters uh, just running around the field. So. Not going to be pleasant for a lot of ACC attackmen and middies in the next couple of years. And we're actually joined by one of those defensive monsters. Um, 6'3", defenseman from leading edge in Seton Hall Prep in New Jersey. Our number 39 overall prospect, a four-star prospect, Sean Light. Sean, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So, you know, first of all, how was, how was the summer and how was it going into the recruiting process? And, you know, was it different than you expected? Was it what you expected? Take us through that. The summer was definitely a lot of unknowns to me. Um, a lot of people were telling me what September 1 first could bring, but obviously I wanted to get to that day and actually see it for myself. But I just played my game, played with my teammates. We trusted each other and we were able to have a pretty good summer. What was it like when you finally got to September 1? Um, did you get all the calls that you, you know, was your phone just buzzing right away? Um, was it, you know, the next couple of days? What was that process? Was that, is that a bit overwhelming for you as well? Um, it was definitely right before it. I was a little nervous because I definitely wanted those calls. Um, once I got the first one, it kind of got the ball rolling. Um, and it was definitely, it got to be overwhelming, but I took my time with it and I enjoyed the process. I know we've talked a little bit about, about this before, um, but you know, you had some really impressive schools coming after you. Um, and then Notre Dame gets into the picture and you know, what was that like? Were you, were you always kind of a Notre Dame guy? Did you kind of know a whole lot about the school or was it pretty brand new when, when they started recruiting you? Um, I, I, was, I always knew I wanted to go to a big time school. I wanted to be competing for the championship. So I was kind of open for a lot of the top schools. Um, they reached out early um, and I kept them definitely in the mix. And then as I got closer to making my decision, I came down into these schools and Notre Dame was at the top. What made it stand out? Um, I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to go to a big time school where I knew we were going to be competing for national championships. Um, I know I wanted a good education and I knew Notre Dame would set me up for after college with a lot of opportunities that I might not get other places. Did you take a lot of visits? Did you kind of narrow it down pretty early? Um, you know, what was that process like? And, and were you pretty happy that you were able to take visits? Unlike, you know, the guys in the 22 class, for example. Yeah, I definitely took my time with it. Um, it's went a lot, took a lot longer than I was expecting. 
and what I was told. Um, I took a lot of visits, um, a lot of visits in a short amount of time, but by taking the visits, it really helped me figure out what school was going to be the best fit for me. Yeah, I thank my, yeah, my family, my parents um, for driving me to all these tournaments and all these showcases. Um, and then my senior hall coaches and my teammates there for pushing me in practice. What about kind of your, your game? You know, how did it kind of develop over the summer? Just talking to, um, you know, Chris Roy uh, from Leading Edge and a couple of other guys, you know, your game in the past year and a half. And obviously I've seen it um, a couple of times at 1% with the NLF events. Your game has really taken off in the past year. You know, what do you kind of attribute that? Was there anything you were looking to work on in particular to get to the ACC caliber recruit? Yeah, I knew I needed to become more aggressive. I was told that all the time. Coach Roy always told me that. Miss Sally always told me that. Um, so that's something I definitely worked on, especially in high school, playing with Senior uh, Hall. I knew we were going to be playing against great guys. So I took, I accepted the challenge and tried to get better through the spring. And when I got to the summer, I was ready to get on the field and keep practicing it there. Okay, so if you're like me, you know, I'm sure you've, you know, seen Notre Dame on, on TV the last, you know, handful of years. Obviously, they have an awesome kind of lineage of great defensemen, great poles. What's it like to know you're, you're donning that gold helmet and going to be kind of joining that family? Yeah, it definitely didn't feel real the first couple of days. Um, now that I'm away from it a little, um, it's, I'm definitely really, I'm really excited to get out there and because I know Coach Wellner really takes his time with the defense and he uh, turns players into great defenders and they really hone down on the defensemen. For sure. And um, coming out of leading edge, obviously another place that always turns out really, really good defensemen. Um, how much can you attribute, you know, Chris Roy and those guys and the program itself, you know, really helping your game explode over the last year here? I give them a lot of credit because they always push me in practice. I'd be going against the best players. Um, I was always able to get better, not just at tournaments, but also in practice. Um, in practice, sometimes practices are harder than games with the intensity that we have. Um, and then they gave me the tools I needed to become the best defender I could be at this moment. A lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the upper echelon programs in, with the 23 class have been going after, you know, heavy on the, the offensive end. Notre Dame has done really, really well on the defensive end with you, Carter Williams, Nate Schwitzenberg. You know, have you been able, have you been in contact with those guys and, you know, do you kind of see some similarities in your games and what are you kind of expecting out of your group, uh, out of your defensive group? Yeah. So I pretty sure I was a lot out of those three. I was the last one to commit. Um, as soon as I committed, I was put into a group chat and we were all talking. Um, we're all really excited to get to work and start playing with each other. Um, I'm expecting big things. I think we can uh, do some pretty good damage in the ACC and when we get out of conference play, and we're all confident and we're ready to take on the challenge and step on the field as soon as we can. How about uh, this coming spring with, with Seton Hall Prep? And what are you expecting from that group? I know you guys didn't finish the way you would have liked last year. Um, you know, obviously a, a much bigger role in the cards for you personally. Um, so, you know, how excited are you for that? I'm really excited for the spring. Um, it's what I'm looking forward to. I know we have team lifts. We're, we're all pumped. We're all excited. Um, we can't wait to get out into the field. Um, but we definitely got, we got to work on things early on. We got to keep getting the fundamentals down. And if we can do that, play together, work hard the entire season, I think we got a bright future this year. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much, man. We really appreciate it. Excited to have, uh, to have had you on board and I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, man. Thank you very much to both Tomas Delgado and Sean Light for joining us on episode two of the NLF Insider podcast. Thanks to everybody for listening. 
Um, we'll be back soon and looking forward to uh, what's in store with episode three. Yep. It's been fun. Fired up. Uh, if you're listening, keep hitting us with the feedback. We love to hear it um, as we kind of dial this thing in going forward. But uh, yeah, talk to you all again soon.